I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's your favorite host in all of podcasting, Obi-John Kenobi, coming to you with your weekly Nerd Alert. Thanks for joining us this week. Joining me, uh, let me introduce you to you, the rest of the Nerd Alert crew. I did not come up with a fun crew analogy. So we've already done A-Team and Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I'm looking around my room for random inspiration. Uh, okay, okay, I got it. Introducing my first co-host, my right-hand man, because that's the hand he keeps his razor fingers on. Sporting a nice fedora. He likes to hang out in hot places. Uh, uh, and he'll haunt you in your dreams. Keeping the nerd in the top nerd two. We network kids commanders. The Freddy of this week's show. Hello. Um, I, I wasn't expecting Freddy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with Freddy because I, I do have a glove of razor fingers. So, you know, I've got that. Uh, also, Go get it and put it on right now. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. And then just randomly start clicking your claws during the episode. Well, the problem with that, eh, hang on. Can you hear that? I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, I can hear it. So, the problem with that is this is my mouse hand. It's very hard to use a mouse oh. with this, you know. Which is why I think Freddy, you know, kind of disappeared after the age of the computer because he got hooked on that internet porn and he couldn't put his glove on because, you know, <laughs> he's too busy, you know, clicking the mouse. Um, but anyway. Like so many things, internet porn led to the downfall of Freddy Krueger. You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> so anyway, I digress, though, because I, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole today and, and found something quite interesting. Um, I was, you. I, I know, I know it's weird in it. I was, uh, watching the nineties X-Men cartoon while I was at work today, working very hard. Always a uh, good choice. And, uh, I went down the, the, the X-Men animated series rabbit hole. And apparently <clears throat> that, uh, uh, at some point during the run of the show, um, a gentleman named Bob, uh, Harris, Harass, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, who at the time was the editor of the X-Men group for Marvel Comics. He uh, he flew to Los Angeles uh, to have uh, story meetings for the upcoming seasons for the show. And one of the one of the the stories that I guess was floating around and being pitched was uh, 
uh, it was a like an it's a wonderful life type of story in which Bishop and Shard would travel uh, to an apocalyptic world where Charles Xavier had died. Uh, the show is called One Man's Worth. It aired as the first episode, the first two episodes of season four. And he liked it so much that when he went back, he decided to adapt it into the comics and it became the Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So that's where the idea for one of the most fan favorite stories in, in the entire X-Men saga, Age of Apocalypse, was born. Because the mark of a a good cartoon show is that's awesome. Let's steal that for the comics. <laughs> Look at you, Harley Quinn. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And my next and final uh, co-host, uh, he comes from the Midwest, one of those multiple vowel states. He's a man of few words, um, but boy, can he stick by his girl? Uh, hang out in the shadows with his jumpsuit and his white mask. The Michael Myers of the group joining us from somewhere in time and space via um, two 20-year-to-later reboots. <laughs> Pretty much the same plot. It's the Doc. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly dun, escaped dun. from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Dun-dun-dun. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Sing it home, kids. Just just me? Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite intrigued that you chose the season one intro. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. No, 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 no. You don't know that that's season two and on because in season one, it was 10 years ago. Uh, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by military. Uh, you changed it to 1972 uh, after season one because they didn't want to have to keep changing it to 11 years ago, 12 years ago, etc. Uh, sorry. That was my I bad. Just, I got to reverse there for a second. I just found the one that had the actual words <laughs> so that I didn't have to try to memorize it. Should that all works As long as it's not, was it season five when they redid the whole show? Season five when they revamped it and they started working for the current, yeah. the, the general, yeah. sorry, who uh, who had the evidence to save them, but uh, um, um, he was dangling it like a carrot in front of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they turned it into Suicide Squad. They turned it into Suicide yeah. Squad, and yeah, it, it 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 did lose something after that because that's when they also picked up. Uh, I can't remember the character's Frankie. name. Frankie, thank you. Yes, they picked up Frankie, yeah. and Fra- Frankie wasn't that good. Uh, I didn't care for Frankie. Um, we don't need Frank. Because if you notice, at the same time, or about about the same time um, that uh, A Team got Frankie, is when uh, Knight Rider also got RC three. Mm-hmm. Weird so, how that happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I am your uh, hockey fan with the machete collection, Jason Voorhees. And together we are the holy trinity of modern slashers. Uh, that is nerd alert. Um, 
You can thank my Jason Voorhees mask for the inspiration for that one. Uh, what random object in my room will I pick to cue off of next week? Find out. Um, <laughs> hint, it's the yellow platypus stuffed animal on my desk. So does that mean we're all going to be Pokemon? Oh, you spoiled it. Not anymore. No, no. Now we're all going to be Digimon. Monsters. Oh, God. Digimon. Digimon. I don't know. Digital monsters. Digital Either way. monsters are the champions. Sorry. Either way, I can yeah, the, the... <laughs> We're going to be the GoBots of Pokemon. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's just that stupid vehicle Voltron. It's not even the real Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one that was so bad it killed the third season altogether. All right, uh, this is Nerd Alert, and we're not here just to rag on um, the off-brand versions of favorite characters. Although maybe that could be a topic for later. Um, <laughs> I want the GoBots of every famous cartoon show now. Uh, no, we are actually here. Oh man, that would give us a chance to talk about Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, Jay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that pretty much sums up that show anyway moving on what we're actually going to talk about today um hold on i'm on the wrong page of my notes i gotta set this up there we go uh so dc announced last week uh that they were going to continue one of their coolest traditions i think um they announced they are putting out a comic book series based on the 1989 Batman movies and the 1978 Christopher Reeve Superman movies, appropriately titled Batman 89 and Superman 78, um, which are carrying on the continuity of those film series. I'm imagining um, Batman 89 is going to ignore everything after Returns and Superman probably ignoring everything after at least Superman two i don't know um but uh as cool as that is because those are versions very beloved character well go ahead so all i know uh is with the, the superman um we we had better get uh, a gus gorman issue or two you know gus gorman needs to yeah, or just never never talk about that again no, just no. never ever address that again. in fact gus gorman needs to never talk about i think just just a whole gus gorman title he already got a spinoff you already got all the superman three <laughs> that's not a spinoff that's, that's not story. superman that's gus gorman co-starring superman <laughs> featuring random appearances by superman no, so this is this is a, I love this idea, but it's nothing new. DC has done this before. Famously, they had Batman sixty six, which, if you can do the math on that, is based on the Adam West TV show. They had Wonder Woman eighty seven. Um, they have one of my favorite comics I'm reading right now, Batman: The Adventures Continue, which is a comic book continuation of Batman: The Animated Series. Um, but this is not even unique necessarily to DC. Smallville season eleven was a comic. Angel after the fall uh, and Buffy season eight all carried on the continuities of those shows in comic book form. The Star Wars comic at Marvel is filling in the gaps between the actual Star Wars films. Uh, Star Trek has had a bunch of these. Uh, was it... Um, what was the one uh, we were reading for a while, Scott? That was like in between. It's like after, beyond. Well, no, no. Uh, so, they, not... they had, uh, so IDW did uh, basically a, a, a ramp up to 
the first movie, Star Trek 2009. Uh, then okay. they, they did a comic adaptation of 2009. And then they had, then, then the comics was just Star Trek. Uh, and it continued, it basically bridged the gap between uh, Star Trek and Into Darkness. Uh, then after it, then they did they did a countdown to Into Darkness. They did an Into Darkness uh, uh, adaptation, and, and then uh, I think it went a little bit after that, <clears throat> and uh, then Beyond hit, um, and then uh, they did after Beyond. Uh, basically, what they were doing because at the end of Beyond, remember that it flashes forward. Uh, through an undisclosed amount of time at the end of the movie where the enterprise yeah while well, the new enterprise is being built yeah so yeah. basically the 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 comics from that point on filled in the gap of what the crew was doing while the enterprise was being built because they all kind of went to different assignments um and uh, the the comic at the beginning of that way back when it started the first couple of trades on that was just um uh it was it was basically old Star Trek episodes from the original series reimagined with those characters. And then after they exhausted some of those, they did like one or two trades of those, then it kind of took off on its own storyline. So, but it was really good. Uh, I, I highly recommend that entire series. I think they're getting ready to do uh, a, a new one with next generation. And I think one with the original series crew. So yeah. All righty. Point being, it's not a new thing in comics to pick up the the continuity of a beloved uh, film franchise or TV series, or in some cases, video games, and uh, to either fill in gaps between or or to wholly create new material uh, to carry on that continuity. So with that in mind, with that in the back of your head, today we're here to talk about what continuities we want to see continued on in comic book form. Anything movie, TV show, internet series, video game, whatever. Uh, what do you want to see a continuity you want to see keep going, even though the, the thing it, it, it was is no longer viable, I guess, uh, in, in whatever medium it originally was presented in. If that makes sense, I'm rambling now. So, anybody want to kick it off, or I can go before Scott steals mine. What makes uh, you steal yours? I've got one. I think uh, I think might be on your list too. Well, you should I leave. <clears throat> okay. Well. Well, not. Oh, go ahead, Jay. I was gonna say I can kick us off because there's a reason I picked the intro I did today. Uh oh. Yeah, he's going to start by stealing one of mine. Uh, ah! <laughs> what I would like turn. <laughs> What I would like to see is a continuation of the A team. Uh, which A team? So yeah. which I know, team? I know that. So the original TV series went from eighty three to eighty seven, and then they remade. They made it into a movie in two thousand ten. Uh, I enjoyed the movie in 2010. Like, it's not a bad movie. But I want to see a continuation of the TV show A-Team. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed those characters. Um, The movie is not terrible, but it's also not great. Be careful what you say, because I believe Commander Scott and I are both big fans of that movie. 
I love that movie. Uh, my only nit- specifically for its accuracy of how firing pins are placed and removed from Colt uh, forty five ACP pistols. That whole shit. I was. I remember sitting in the theater with with that, and I, I'm watching this in the theater, and and he drops that firing pin just straight into the back, which is where it goes, mind you. It went into the correct location. Just he just drops it. Like, like, like literally just, you see him open his fingers and it drops in and then he racks the slide. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm in the theater. I'm like, what? that's not how that works. So, I, I know so, how this happened. Disassembles. I mean, there's, there's a retention plate. There has to be a retention plate because there's a spring. There's a spring in there for the, the, the firing pin. Otherwise it would just go forward and never, you know, come back. So you got to put the firing pin in. Hold it down with your thumb because of spring. Otherwise, it'll fly back out and then put the retention plate back on. And it slides in from the top. Scott, deep breath, buddy. This has been been John Sets Up Scott. Uh, You want to hit me with that stay on target? Oh, damn it. Stay on target. (laughs) Okay. So, let me... I want to say I love this movie, too. I do. I love the movie. When I say it's, I enjoy the movie, but it's not great, it's things like that. Or, you know, the ability to fly a tank in free fall. Oh, hey. Flying the tank was, like, one of the best parts of that damn movie. It, like, okay, it's, it's not great. not flying, it's falling with style. It <laughs> is a great part to the movie. However, the physics behind it are well, impossible. <laughs> so, so, and the, what sells it as a great part is is what's her name? Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. Jessica but... Biel. Jessica okay. Biel. They're, yeah. they're flying. Yeah, like, like are they are they trying to shoot down the other UAV with the the the, the main gun? She goes, no. They're trying to flying fly. Tank. <laughs> <laughs> and she so, closes her eyes, and she's got this just exasperated look of defeat on her face. <laughs> So, like I said, His team is the best, and they specialize in the absurd. Yep. I, okay. I, I mean, we could go for hours on just the A team because, like I said, I love the movie too, yeah. especially <laughs> when when uh, Murdoch's in the plane and he's like, uh, "The buttons, Bosco. What do they do? With all these buttons." <laughs> and well, yeah. so first you of all, pancake my van. I'm gonna kill you, fool. You can't park there. That's a handicap zone. So what? What? What I loved about this movie. Uh, and I know it does get some hate, is first of all, it was an origin story, but they did it right. They they open with how they all meet, and then we flash forward to where they're already the A-team. They're, they're just yep. that good together. We flash forward. We don't have to suffer through a whole movie of them getting to know one another, uh, which is the best way to do it. And, you know, that, that whole, the, the whole helicopter sequence, you know, where, you know, <laughs> y'all want to get in here and close that door? I know you're Airborne Rangers, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It explains it explains B.A.'s f- fear of flying, you know, especially flying with Murdoch and everything there. Because, you know, and, and when they flash forward, you know, he's he, he's like, you know, 100 and some odd missions. One ride with you and I'm ruined. <laughs> uh, God, I love that movie. Yeah. Right. Jay. Quickly move on to your pitch for the comic, or we're going to be here all day talking about the 18 movie. You're right. Okay. So I like the stories behind it. I like all the kind of um, 
MacGyvering they do in the in the show, uh, coming up with ways to get out of these situations and helping people. And I feel like this could be a very good continuation, very episodic issue to issue of the comic. Um, you can continue the characters that you developed in the TV show, uh, and just continue their story. And I don't, I don't need backstory. I want to keep seeing these missions. I want to see more missions. Uh, but like you guys said, I want to see the A team when they were freelance, helping people out of a bad situation. A-team. So we're ignoring the last season. Yeah, I want to. I want them to keep freelancing and helping people, not having you know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't ignore the last season. Uh, I definitely wouldn't keep uh, General Stockdale or whatever the hell his name was. Um, because uh, yeah, that was that was jump the shark totally there. But you're gonna have to have some kind of uh, backstory flashback. Because you are going to pick up new readers, and they're going to have to know a little bit about what the fuck is going on. Right. So your first, say, at least two-issue story arc or something is going to have to be what happened to them between the end of the series and when you pick it up, which it could be just a year later or whatever. You know, who the team is, you you have to give some kind of a backstory. But, once again, limit that to a, a, a two-issue maybe a three issue story arc, you know, and then just, just get into, yeah, just doing the, uh, just, just going and helping people and, and, you know, doing the, the, the whole, uh, the, doing the A team stick. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Lumberg here and I'm going to go ahead and, um, disagree with you there. All right. Uh, so here's what you, what I, what I imagine for, for this A team comic, that's a continuation of the TV show. First of all, I don't think you sell a comic that's a continuation of an 80s TV show without banking on fans of the 80s TV show. But you're correct. You do want to make it accessible for your readers. So what you do, first page, all blank. It's a title page. Underneath the title, you put exactly what Jay read off. You want want to read it again, Jay? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You ready to put it away? Hold on. Really? Okay. I was trying to softball one in, but no. You're, you're, You're a fan, and you don't have this memorized? Uh, 1972, a crack commando unit was accused of a crime that did not commit. These men promptly escaped, escaped from a high uh, security prison, security escaped into Los Angeles underground. Security, yeah. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive there as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, a problem. no one else can help. If no one else can help. And, and if, if you, you can, can find them, maybe you can hire the A team. That's their black page, white lettering, and then underneath it, you put the A-Team logo. That catches you up to speed on what's going on. And your first storyline is just them doing a job. You can fill in all the backstory and what happened from the end of the show till now in your second story arc. Uh, I think your first story arc, you hit the ground running, and it's somebody in need of help. And how do they contact the A-team? And what wacky costume or disguise is Hannibal wearing? Uh, how are we going to sneak BA onto an aircraft? Uh, just get to it. Give the people exactly what they want. And then, once you've got new readers into the, oh, wow, this stuff is fun. This is cool. You know, we're building tanks and barns out of uh, hay bales and duct tape because A-team. Um, then you you introduce okay set your second storyline so like issue six is okay here's bridging the gap. That's how I would do, but I, I, don't know. I agree. I I love it. 
No, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Yeah. Put, putting that intro is black page, white lettering, uh, uh, and everything would yeah it gives you the whole premise right there because you know that was the entire point of having it in the show <laughs> it literally catches everybody up to speed really quickly yep so, uh, write down the time code on scott telling me i'm right <clears throat> <laughs> but it it is oh, something that i, I think talking to, i was talking to jay though i'm sorry was that confusing? oh sorry sorry okay sure. uh <laughs> I, I do think it's something that I've, a lot of people, you know, I feel like there's a lot of 80s and 90s nostalgia. And, you know, people our age, John, maybe not Commander Scott, uh, as in he's older than us, uh, we're very nostalgic towards these types of things. And I feel like picking up a comic book run of some, of especially the A team, because I know. When it was in syndication uh, on, it was like, oh, God, it wasn't Nick at night. No. I can't remember where I would always watch it, but I would always watch it when it was on. I loved that show. Yeah, and and keep in mind that, uh, you know, uh, hitting uh, 1980s vehicles in the radiator with uh, uh, 556 SKS uh, does cause the entire car to explode. But only in such a way that the passengers are safe. Right. And, and uh, it doesn't explode, but it's going to drive off of something. Um, or it'll drive off. We'll cut something. back to the drivers coming off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Explosion so. may mean it's going to fly in the air because fire. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're all just being quiet now. Okay. I don't know. You you were talking and you you faded out, and then you never came back. Uh, yeah, okay. you can. So I, okay. I, I said uh, uh, explosions cost money, so maybe only if it's the season finale. Uh, uh, otherwise, we yeah, just you know yeah. we hit that mound of dirt and then uh, roll the car over, so yep. we can roll it back over and use it the next episode. That'll work too. Nice. So that's my that's what I'm going to start us off with is the A team. I would, I would I would love to see uh, an A Team '80s comic. I, I'd I'd pick that up in a heartbeat. There you go. Three thumbs up. Give us the A Team comic. Uh, all right. I'm gonna keep on the trend of stealing ideas from Scott before he can get to him. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so we. We led into this uh, with Scott giving us a rundown of some Star Trek comics that carried on uh, and filled in gaps between the um, uh, Kelvin timeline universe, which is all good and fine. That's cool. It's whatever. But I feel like if you're going to carry on a continuity in comic book form, it should be one that can no longer come back as a TV show. Maybe one that got unduly ended, uh, 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 canceled. Uh, maybe one that uh, got a season finale, I guess a series finale, but let's face it. One that season finale wasn't really about this show. It was it was a random next generation episode that somehow found its way into this this show. Uh, I'm talking about undisputedly the show ever invented by mankind. Uh, that's just a fact. Just fact. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise. The all too short mission of the very first. Um, Enterprise NX-01, the first Warp 5 level, uh, or uh, Warp 5 speed capable vessel 
from Starfleet because the Federation didn't exist yet, and its brave crew just flinging themselves out in the universe and hoping for the best. Um, I love this show. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Scott uh, forced me with a gun to my head to sit down and start watching all the old Star Trek TV shows. Um, it's totally how it happened. Uh, and and Enterprise, I, I'll admit, for a while I was going back and between and forth between episodes of like original series and Next Generation. Enterprise is the first one that, from like the first few episodes in, I binged all four seasons straight. I loved this show. Enterprise was a good show, and it, it it they had more seasons planned, and it was unfortunately a victim of the Viacom split. Uh, what I didn't learn until I was doing research for this is, uh, if we're talking about you know a fan base that wants more, fans held a campaign to raise is money to fund a fifth season of this show. Mm-hmm. They didn't succeed in getting a fifth season funded. They did, however, raise $32 million. Damn. That'll get you 10 episodes on Netflix. Or, sorry, uh, Paramount Plus now, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I went is that what CBS All Access is getting folded into? Yeah, I started to watch something today, and it came up with a. Uh, it was on CBS, but it came up with a Paramount Plus uh, splash screen. So, um, yeah, great show. What I loved about it was it was very approachable for people who don't know anything about Trek because it's set the closest to our current timeline as any Trek series. The level of technology, while yes, it's it's spaceships and it's aliens and other planets, it's still, again, sort of not that far removed from current technology we have. So the the suspension of disbelief isn't quite as much there. A lot of the rules that are taken for granted and are just kind of standard because in Star Trek shows weren't there. Like the Prime Directive doesn't exist yet in this world. Um, We don't have that. TNG utopian, everyone gets along. There's no conflict between crew members. Stuff uh, that they eventually got, a, you know, did away with. Uh, but the characters were approachable. Uh, they were, again, they were flinging themselves out into the universe and hoping for the best. Uh, and and we were meeting new species for the first time. It was always that uh, combination of. If you're a new viewer, you can experience all of it through the eyes of the crew because they're seeing it all for the first time as well. Or if you're an old school fan, there were always things that like you know more than the rest of the audience does because you know what that turns into or what that becomes or what this location will mean later on. It was the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Um, but they were working on a season five. Mm-hmm. So if we carry this on as a comic, there is no shortage of storylines and plots we could mine for a comic book. In no particular order. <sighs> <laughs> Who is Future Guy? Building up the war with the Romulans. Continuing to work uh, this series into the original series, such as the Cloud City of Stratos. Uh, four or a four or five episode arc to follow up on the Mirror Universe storyline. Building of the first Starbase. Further upgrades and modifications to the NX-01 to make it look more like the original Enterprise. Meeting to Paul's father, who may or may not have been actually a Romulan spy, meaning she's not Further building of what will become the Federation of Planets. And this one has all the asterisks next to it because this alone would have been worth a fifth season. I don't care what it cost. Adding the greatest character in this show. 
Shran, played by Jeffrey Combs, as a regular cast member, as an advisor aboard the Enterprise. God damn it! We were so close! So you, close! You can thank the president of CBS at the time for canceling it. Oh, I'll thank him, all right. I'll thank I shouldn't say that on air. This could be held against me in court. <clears throat> um... No, I, I loved this show. There's so many amazing stories. And again, it, it's it's not that Enterprise left all these threads open, but there were a lot of things that could be mine. And again, they were working on a fifth season up until they got the plug pulled. So, well, no, not I'm short. Go ahead. Well, not only, you know, the, the, the storylines and stuff, but um, season five was going to start with Enterprise getting a major upgrade um, because yep. because that ship was designed with the intention of at some point in the series and season five is when they were looking at doing it. Um, if you look at the design, it, it was meant to have a modular secondary hull being built and that could be plugged into that ship. So in season five, that it was going to look cause they were wanting it to, they were wanting the evolution of the ship over the course of the series. At the end of the series, they wanted it to look very close to what the constitution class would look like in the original series. So, yeah, it was going to have a whole secondary hull added to the ship uh, in season five. So, yep. Yeah. And we never um, got to see that on screen. No. Yeah. So many things we never got to see. Uh, and again, in general, I loved this show because it was in no small part about, again, from even from like the you know, original series on, we have this great organization called the Federation of United Federation of Planets which is this awesome, cool idea of all these worlds that got together and decided, cool, we'll all work together. Yay, it's like the United Nation of Planets. But then there's the reality of, okay, well, how the hell did you make that happen? And that's, in part, what Enterprise was about. It's about uh, the tensions between humans and Vulcans and smoothing that over. It's about meeting the Andorians for the first time, the greatest race in all of Star Trek. Again, that's just a fact objectively a fact the the androids are the best um well the the, the tellerites who we meet like a handful of times but really don't get to know very well yeah so technically enterprise was not the first time we meet the andorians it is the first time any andorian character is really fleshed out or anything about their culture is fleshed out but the first appearance of the andorians and the tellerites are in the original series episode journey to babel and that's fine, but do they do anything except hold stuff in the background? No, yeah, they do. They do because exactly. no. no, they do because there's there's the whole plot line of that is there's an assassin, and the Andorians and the Tellarites didn't get along, and so you didn't know which one was which which ambassador or whatever was the the, the saboteur. And it turned out, I believe, to be one of the Andorians because his antennas were fake, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. Though. Okay. I, I meant the crews meeting the Andorians for the first time, not the, the viewers. You know, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was the whole, okay, how do we get to the to the Federation? Where did the Federation come from? Uh, how do we get to that utopian society we hear about in the original series? Uh, and it was awesome. It's great. I miss it. I miss it so much. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know who's got the, the Trek comic license now. I think it's, I think it's IDW. IDW. Um, 
Yeah, look, I love the the TNG Mirror Universe stuff because they never really got to do that on that show. That's cool and all. Um, but where's my Enterprise comic, you know? Um, yeah. Well, if you want more Enterprise stuff, it may not be a comic, but I think you're you may get your wish. Uh, oh. Well, um, uh, with uh, with the success of Picard, um. I believe both uh, Kate Mulgrew and Scott Bakula have been approached about doing series. I'll believe it when I'm watching it. Once again, it's just rumors. It's all preliminary. Nothing is set in stone. Mm-hmm. It's been titled or nothing's in pre-production. I don't even think any contracts have been signed. But this, idea- this is my this is my Hawkeye endgame. Don't, don't give me hope. Moment. The idea has been floated for at least a uh, an Archer series. Now, what that'll entail, I mean, you know, Scott Bakula is older, so more than likely it'll be set after the series, which means Trip won't be there because fuckers had to go and kill Trip off one of the best damn characters in Star Trek. Uh, that was ret- that was retconned in a novel. Uh, Star Trek novels aren't always canon. It is in my book. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> it's canon till it's not. That's fair enough. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Whatever, dude. Uh, more importantly, have they approached Jeffrey Combs? That I've not. Where heard. is my Shran series? Have we got to that level yet? We're making spinoffs for Shran. No. Okay. Nope. No Shran series. What phase of the Star Trek cinematic universe do I have to wait to get that series? Okay. All right. Well, there we go. That was my. Uh, I wanted to get that out there just in case it was on Scott's list. It was not. So, so we're on to one that Scott hasn't had stolen yet? This is now Scott's turn to break around and steal one of ours. So, <laughs> I am family down. feud. You can steal it back, Scott. See, I'm going to steal it back because okay. I'm Here surprised. Yeah. Because um, uh, I, I think comics have been done of this. Okay. But I don't know. Um, okay. But the first thing that I thought about was the Rocketeer. Okay. No one's talking. So. so I mean. Uh, what they've done? A con- I don't know if they've. Yeah. Wow, you all are breaking up bad. Yeah, sorry. It started as a comic, and it has been continued. The comic has been continued, but the film continuity has not been continued in a comic. Yeah, I don't believe. And and that's, that's okay. I'm curious about because, like I said, I, I I thought there was a comic, but I don't think it was a direct continuation from the movie it had to do they, they they tied it back into like the original comic strip stuff right yeah i think it was from idw i believe it was called uh rocketeer adventures yeah uh, but no it, it yeah again i believe it continues the continuity from the original comics yeah so i want to see my you know rocketeer movie continuity continued I okay then to pick that back up uh i want you know, I want the, the the I want them to get the actors' likeness rights and everything. You know, I want to I want to that's what I want to see. I want to see it going forward. What happened? You know, after uh, Howard Hughes uh, 
gave you know him the BG or something. Uh, how he gets another rocket pack because the one in the movie was destroyed. Um, does PV build it? Does you know? I, I can see them like I can see him going back. You know, into into preparation for you know the nationals or or something because I don't think in the movie we actually we ever find out when the nationals are. You know, I, I think he's he's still got. Uh, there's still time. The Nationals like don't happen during the course of the film. You know, he, he didn't miss them. So, you know, have him going back into preparation for that. Um, I don't know. Um, either, like I said, PV just because he still has the blueprints or either PV just gets, doesn't he? He does. You're, you're poking the bear though, Scott. What? What bear am I poking? You're, you're... <laughs> Do you, would you like to hear a pitch? For, sure, go for, for it. my Rocketeer sequel. This whole thing that is, I've been planning in my head for this, decades. This thing is it's it's a back and forth, you know. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you know the 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 the, the Russians or something built one. I don't know. This 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 wasn't on my list because I'm holding out hope maybe someday there'll be a movie. It's not going to be a movie ever. Uh, okay, <clears throat> keep coffee. Ready? Go goes to war <laughs> because we're set in that magical age where it's right before World War II hits. <clears throat> it's just right before. Okay, so we open. <clears throat> Sorry. Jesus. Oh, Fade in. <laughs> Airplane. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not that that well, far along yet. I have notes. Though. No, so my pitch is essentially, okay, so what happens with this technology when we get to World War II? Because that's the whole thing we're trying to avoid in the first movie. So, worst case scenario. So, imagine we're with uh, World War II is going on, bombers uh, and a fighter escort, and all of a sudden you just see this 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 thing zipping across, and planes are blowing up, and the fighters are trying to track it, and they can't figure out what's going on, and then and then all of a sudden we're we're on a fighter, and all of a sudden he hears a thud, and he looks out on his wing, and there's a pair of boots just walking on his wing, and we pan up, and it's a friggin' Nazi. Uh, storm SS stormtrooper with a jetpack on, and we're like, wait, what? And he just like uh, uh, takes a, a potato masher grenade and like jams it in the wing, and then jumps off, and then the the pilot's like, no, 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 and it blows up, and then boom, title rocketeer goes to war. So like worst case scenario, the Nazis perfected, or maybe not perfected, but the Nazis have jetpacks too. So we smash cut to, we got to catch up to him. So what do we do? We have Howard Hughes grab PV. Because yes, he does still have his hand, his reverse engineered, handmade blueprints for the rocket. They kick things into high gear with the uh, building a new one and 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 building a better one, maybe. And then okay, well, who's we've got we've got a prototype, but who's going to fly? Well, there's only one guy alive who has experience with this. Boom, Cliff Secord, and he's he's literally he's he's going through training to be a, a pilot for the war effort because. Or maybe he's already a fighter. I don't know. Uh, uh, and we pull him out. And like, no, you got a special assignment here. And he's like, yeah, but sir, I want to do my part. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. We know. Did you go here? And they're like, boom, it's Howard Hughes again. And he's like, oh, boy, uh, here we go again. And then uh, it's, so so it's, it's Cliff. Uh, and he's tasked with. So we, we, we learned that uh, the, the Nazis have the technology, but maybe they only have a couple of them. Like they, they haven't mass produced him yet. So it's 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 Cliff, World War Two fighting Nazi rocketeer. Uh, my main pitch. I have other random details, but that's my main pitch. So, so how does the Nazi rocketeer 
stand on the wing of a P-51 in flight. <laughs> he lands on it. Yeah, he lands on it. And in my world, yeah, yeah, in my world, take your physics uh, and shove them up your butt because it's going to look cool. <laughs> it would make more sense if he flew up next to him matching speed and the pilot looks out and does a double take because old dude's just out there with no plane. Uh, you know, this it, is the same universe where where Superman can just like turn the world backwards in time moves. It's uh, wibbly wobbly, Tommy Wimey. Don't think. Uh huh. Or your idea, fine. We can we can acknowledge physics in this world. <laughs> the entire, literally, the entire time you're talking about your pitch, I just this <laughs> picture of this this guy standing on a wing, and I'm like, how is he standing there? <laughs> Wind. <laughs> Lots of wind. <laughs> Magnet boots. The same way we have shootouts on the top of trains. Lots of wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There it is. Magnet boots. Uh, so I, now I, I literally I, spent I, uh, a slow night at work plotting out a Rocketeer for World War II movie. I, I do like the idea of having the Rocketeer in World War II and... You know, bringing you know Cliff Secord into the project because he's the only one with any practical experience on on how to fly it and stuff, um, uh, and everything. Um, my the only thing I have against against just jumping straight to that is like the Rocketeer, the movie, and I think most of the actual Rocketeer, even the original comics and stuff, they take place like in the 1930s. So I mean, you want to jump forward several years? I th- I think because I, I think. Uh, uh, the movie takes place in what 1933. It's later than that, I'm pretty sure. It's later. Anyway, you're you're still looking at probably between three and five years uh, before Except war out. breaks out for for uh, America. Now, if the British government came and, and got Howard Hughes or something, the then... movie is 1938, Scott. Okay, so. <laughs> Three years before America enters World War Two. I mean, sure, you know, three years. That's a that's a decent time to oh, jump. Okay, in. okay, okay, fine, okay, fine. Uh, America's not in the war yet. It's not an American fighter group at the beginning. It's uh, some British planes yeah. uh, during yeah. the siege of London. That's and, what I said. and Cliff yeah, yeah. is now employed by the the OSS. There you go. Well, I don't think he would be employed by the OSS. I mean, he would still be an American, but. Um, um, the Office of Strategic but, Services yeah. wasn't American? Oh, never mind. I, I wasn't even thinking MCU. I was just... But if the British government reached out to Howard Hughes, or, you know, because Hughes is a you know private citizen. He's he, he's not American government. He can work for whoever the hell he wants to. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. All right. Happy medium. The comic book series bridges the gap from the movie, the actual movie, to John's imaginary movie. No, that's not good because most of the action in 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 his takes place during World War Two. That's like the yeah. whole premise. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the third movie where we have to recruit a squadron of them, and he goes and recruits one of the Tuskegee Airmen, dude, and he has like a rocketeer helmet, but the the fin on the helmet's painted orange. I had a whole pitch for that. Or red. red, sorry. Not orange, okay. red, sorry. <laughs> no, that's the southern guy who puts the General Lee on us. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> joking! 
Uh, Wait, no, that's not right. There is definitely a British one too. That out there. We get some get some some cool nose art on the on the jet packs. Sorry, the rocket packs. Scott, I'm with you. I like the idea of a Rocketeer comic book continuation from the movie. Yeah. I think it would be good. Yeah. I'm with you, Scott. I like anything that involves the Rocketeer. Hey, I, the Rocketeer is a property that is just way too neglected. Criminally. Uh, I don't know why, but... Excuse me. Uh, yeah, it just it, it needs a lot more attention and a lot more love. So, anyway, yeah, that was... All right, Jay. What else you got? So, uh, one of my favorite film properties of all time uh, caught my attention when I was only eight years old. It was the first time I ever saw that movie. Saw it in theaters. Uh, My dad took me and my brother Chris to go see this movie in theaters. Um... And it stuck with me so much that I went to go when I went to go see a later sequel by myself that came out not that long ago. I actually started uh, to well up with emotion and almost cry. This is a true story. I almost cried in the movie theater, just be remembering and like thinking about seeing that movie for the first time and everything. Does anybody have a guess what that movie is? Poltergeist. How oh. recent was the, how recent was the sequel? Uh, uh, twenty teens. That I didn't look up. I forgot to look that up. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me. Yeah, I tell you about Independence Day. No, God, no. Okay, oh, okay. God, no. Because like, I, I, I get why you'd be emotional about you know seeing with your dad and all that, but if you cried at, at Independence Day Resurgence. We got some problems. Okay. No. Uh, no. What, what do you got, Jay? So what I want to see, what I need to see, what I have to have in my life, and I think a comic book series would be great, is I want to see the gap bridged from when Jurassic Park closed to when Jurassic World opened. Yes. I have so many questions. Right? And these are just so many the, questions. These are only a few of the questions that I wrote down. What happened after the island shut down? Uh, how did they catch the dinosaurs? So, like, ACU, a- asset containment, how did that come about? Uh, how did, you know, did people go visit the island? Did, were there scientists that explored, kind of like in The Lost World? So basically, in my comic book continuity, we sort of karate chop out The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 and go straight from Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, filling in the gap, answering all those questions that I know we have. Like, how in the hell did they catch the T-Rex? How in the hell is the T-Rex even still alive? Because I know that's one... I know that's one debate John and I have a lot. Uh, Thank you. And we each have our own viewpoint. We're not going to get into that. But 
I want to see this stuff. I want to know. I want to learn about it. This is one property that, like, when stuff comes out, I go see it. I've read the books. I've seen the movies, for better or worse. And I will, I'm not going to lie, my two favorites in this are Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. And the scene in Jurassic World where I teared up was when the little kid is in the hotel and he's like, I can't wait. And he opens the window and you see the park and it plays the music and you're like, ah, bro, I'm right there with you. That exact scene, that music cues up. Yep. I was right there, man. It's like, God. And then you just like all those, like all the thoughts and everything. And like remembering going to see the movie for the first time with dad and like being scared at the kitchen scene with the Raptors, like, and then seeing the old park, like parts of the old park in Jurassic World, like the visitor center and the Jeep, like mm-hmm. it made me want to see more of that world. Like, and I'm I'm with you. There is such a huge gap between the first, I guess, trilogy and and the new upcoming trilogy. There's so many questions. Like the first one I have right off the bat is. Did Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 even happen? Because the Jurassic World movies only directly reference events from the first Jurassic Park movie. They don't they don't negate anything from the other two movies, but they don't talk about them at all. Yeah. And I think the director somewhere said that World was meant to be a direct sequel to Jurassic Park. If that's the case, so like my first question, if we're fleshing out this universe, is are we ignoring those other two movies? I won't be hurt, but are we ignoring them? Right. Um, the, the we know the old park is still physically there on the island. Like they built Jurassic World on the same island with all this infrastructure, like the the landing dock and the the monorail and this whole huge visitor center and hotels and all that. Yet on the island, the whole buildings from the original park with all the Jeeps and the equipment inside still just laying there? Yeah, in the in the north, really? right? Because it's like the yeah, north. We, we never, we, is there a reason we had to build all new buildings? We couldn't recycle into the old buildings? Is there a reason? Like, is there a reason part of the island is just like, we don't touch anything there? Like, I don't know. Because uh, there's apparently just whole sections of the old park just sitting there collecting dust and rotting away in the heat. Uh, are there... Um, are there other dinosaurs still on the loose in the north part of the island, which is why it's restricted? Like, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, so okay, so we decide, okay, uh, that was a failure. Uh, well, we can still salvage this thing. Like Jason said, did we send in teams to recapture the dinosaurs, or did we put the Lysine contingency into effect? And if that's the case, how is the T Rex still alive? And like, I have so many questions. I have so many questions <laughs> that yeah, I they, need filled in. Did they? Did they capture the T-Rex and then, like, start feeding it? Maybe that's why they're feeding it goats, is because the goats are, like, laced with lysine or something. I don't know. Or, you know, who knows? Like, maybe they've come up with some other way to live. These are the things that I want to know, because I'm a huge nerd about this movie, like, about this whole universe. Um, And the closest we've got to that is... um... 
And I never recommend you watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but the opening of that movie, we see people literally strip mining the old park. Um, and, and like, that's the stuff I want to get into. Like, that's what really intrigues me is like a great, great time period to set your property, Jay. I've only seen Jurassic World once, but wasn't the old park outside of the containment zone for the new park? Yes. It was, it's the restricted area. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I always, the the way I took it when I watched the movie was uh, I felt that they came in basically secured an area of the island, you know, had a, basically had a foothold, you know, got control of that area and then just expanded control of the area into the new park. And they were slowly expanding to eventually re-control the whole island. But anything outside of the containment area was still, you know, the Wild West out there. Well, I'm just saying from a logistical point of view, your engine, you decide it's worth the effort to recapture the island and re-get the park up and running again. There's already miles of electric fencing and uh, infrastructure on the island, the visitor center, the work crew area, all this stuff is literally already built, and we're just going to leave it all there? Yeah, but but what I'm saying is the manpower necessary to go into that those wilds and secure that area again, you, you couldn't do it immediately. You'd have to do it right, but wouldn't time. But wouldn't your first home base setup be get to the control room? of the park we've already set up and get all the fencing put back on so we can then use the existing fencing to help corral the dinosaurs but that that's the thing without an actual layout of the island uh and so if i'm if i'm the person you know given this this task by by ingen okay um Mm -hmm. to retake the island and see if we can get the the thing back up and running the first thing i'm going to do is probably uh you know, I try to ascertain what animals and life forms are on the island and, and, you know, what's going on. And let's say that area is completely infested. I mean, completely infested um, with, you know, those little fuckers that spit acid, the velociraptors. You know, we know the T-Rex is out there somewhere. Don't know why. Not not worried about that yet. Um, uh, and it, it just, you know, from a from a logistical standpoint... Even if I drop a team in and secure the original control room, you know, that there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to get the power back on and get the fences up and running without inspecting every, you know, inch of those fences. I can't just throw power to these things after so many years and just expect them to come back online. It's not going to happen. And we have power back online at the end of the first movie. But once again, we don't know how many years that is either. Right. Okay. Okay. See, more questions to answer. Right. This this is why, like I said, this is when I thought of this, I was like, man, these guys are going to love it because there are so many things you can fill in. Could you imagine how many like years worth of runs of comic books you could get out of that? Just answering all these questions and like, like I said, nostalgia is a big thing. I know that there's a lot of people that would read it and you can get new readers because dinosaurs and kids go hand in hand. You don't like, I have a nephew that loves dinosaurs and he's three. So it's like these things go together. So you're always getting new readers. Um, and it's a good jumping in point. Like, Hey, watch Jurassic park. Then you can start reading the comic or you can 
watch Jurassic Park, watch Jurassic World, and then go, what the hell happened in between? And that's going to bring people into reading this. Um, and Scott, to your point, the only thing that I would argue against with that sort of logistically, it would make sense to start and like work your way out. Mm-hmm. But they also, I believe where they bred or not where they bred, but where they had the, um, the Indominus Rex was up by the old park. Yeah, that area, the restricted area is the northern end of the park. And the yeah. the the old park is in between where the new park is currently built uh, and the, the restricted, restricted area at the area. very north of the island is. It's just yeah. there in the middle of the island. I don't know. I don't know. Once again, I've only seen the movie I once. Mean, yeah. Again, no, I mean, the answer to the question is because we wanted to relive all those sets and, and tug on your nostalgia strings. And I get that, yeah. but... Yeah, but but in, in canon, what was our reasoning? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But that's uh, I like you said, John, and you keep saying, and I keep saying, there are so many questions, and you could go all sorts of directions. Yes, you have a starting point. Yes, you have an ending point you need to get to. But I mean, your road can tangent off way far before you, you can... bring it back. If you're gonna ignore Lost World and Jurassic Park three, which I'm I'm totally on board with ignoring because <clears throat> we're told that the the animals will all die on this island, and and in the other two sequels we never go back to Isla Nublar, we only go to Isla Sorna, which we don't even know. And the whole reason for creating Site B in the books was because all the animals on this one were supposed to be dead. When they wrote Jurassic World, no, they wanted it to be the original T Rex. So to do that, you basically have to ignore the events of, of the other two um, the movies and go with, okay, we got there to the island in enough time that we could supply the animals, at least at least the T-Rex, with lysine to keep him alive. Okay, cool, fine. So that kind of sets your timeline up. It's got to be within, I forget what the time frame was, like 17 days or something like that. So it's got to be within a few weeks of the initial disaster of, of the first movie. I had a point, now I lost it. Yeah, it's gone. Sorry. Sorry. I just did waste everyone's time. <laughs> well, since we're on the subject... Oh, there we go. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, I got it back. So, if you do that, in your comic, you can reintroduce characters like Roland Tembo, the, the great white hunter from Lost World into the new continuity in a new way. You can be it as, hey, we, you know, the T-Rex is, is wreaking havoc on our attempts. We need someone to come take it out. We hire Roland. And then the storyline of, of why he decides not to kill it or why he captures it. Like, you can work those characters from later movies into the continuity in a, in a new, fun way. Um, yeah. Sort of like, yeah. You, you could make Roland not be a dick. Like, I like Roland yeah, from sort of. The Lost World, but, like, make it not so much that he's trying to kill it, but, like, he is trying to hunt the greatest thing, but he knows it's such a special thing that he's not going to kill it. Like, that would and be maybe a great storyline. Yeah, that's his character arc. I mean, it's, uh, what I was trying to get out, it, it, it's sort of like um, the way Rebels is it's solely worked in elements from Star Wars Legends stuff into back into, into 
to canon again. If we're going to discard uh, Lost World and, and Jurassic Park 3, I'm fine with. But you can you can cherry pick the parts from those that were cool and that worked. Like maybe when they're retaking the island, they discover there was an aviary there the whole time that Engine never told them about. <clears throat> Stuff like that. Like you can rework in the cool elements and make them canon again. Yeah. Because there is an aviary in the book. But anyway. Um, Personally, yeah. <clears throat> if, if, if I'm going to hunt a T-Rex... Uh, I would put a team on the ground, uh, have them lay the target for a C-130 gunship. That's just me. <laughs> That's a very, very short story, Scott. But effective. Very short story. But it, they're, remember, they're not trying to murder it, though. They're trying to recapture it. They want to... Well, that's their first problem. <laughs> <clears throat> Good pick, Jay. Thank you. So did did you while we're still on the subject of, of uh, Lost World, real quick or whatever it is? Um, uh-huh. Did you did you tell uh, did you tell uh, Jay about uh, Chris Pratt's son getting to meet the real guy? No, oh, please tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I've uh, sent uh, sent uh, Peacock a, a video. Uh, if I'd thought about it, I would have sent it to the group chat. Uh, a video. A TikTok video. It was an excerpt from a Chris Pratt interview. Who is he with? Was it? Uh, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, uh, I guess it, Chris Pratt's son went to uh, uh, Disney World. Universal where they had, Studios. Universal Studios. See, I don't, I don't know these things. Where they where they I have the, the Jurassic World like theme park, you know? Oh, and he got yeah. I think I've seen this, and he actually got to meet the Owen. Well, well, yeah, he said uh, he, he said his son saw the the guy that they had playing Chris Pratt's character, you know, and apparently he came home and tell, told Chris Pratt, he's like, hey, I got to meet the real guy. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I am the real guy. He's like, no, 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 not, not in the movie. The real guy. <laughs> like the guy your character is based on. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that was funny as shit. So, uh, hey. yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. I got one big one. I mean, I got like two, three more on my list, but there's really one I, I've got to get out because if I don't, I'll be mad at myself. Yeah. Uh, I I fell down on a bit of a hole, and, and I, I threw out my whole first list because it basically turned into what comic book movies did I enjoy as a kid that never got sequels? Uh, so there was a lot of shit like. Uh, the Billy Zane Phantom and Alec Baldwin Shadow uh, Rocketeer was on the list at one point. Uh, and I was like, no, I can't talk about Rocketeer again. Damn it. Um, You're welcome. So <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um, so I, I threw that. I was like, okay, we can, that, like, that's, that's its whole other episode. Um, but there was one specifically. So the whole story that sparked this idea was hey, Batman 89 is going to get. Uh, more sequels in comic book form. That's awesome. For a kid like me who grew up with Michael Keaton as like my big screen Batman. I was five when that movie came out. Uh, my, my, my perception of Batman has very much been shaped by that movie and the animated series, which takes big inspiration from that movie. So I'm excited to see my childhood Batman continue on. If you're going to take that same idea, because DC does this a lot. Again, uh, Batman 89, Superman 78, Wonder Woman 77, Batman 66. Like they, 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 they like this format. Someone who hasn't done this yet, 
is Marvel. And I get why, because this would be a bit of a licensing rights nightmare. But in a perfect world, when you can work all this shit out, I want Spider-Man 03. I want to see uh, alternately titled Spider-Man The Raimi-verse. Uh, I want to see the continuity of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies continued in comic book form. Uh, again, lights, likenesses, uh, uh, sorry, likeness rights. That's the word I'm looking for. And, <laughs> and the, because uh, Sony technically owns those versions of those characters. So Marvel would have to license them back from Sony to make it as a comic. It's a whole quagmire, but in a world where all that gets fixed, we were working on a fourth Spider-Man movie with Sam Raimi and crew uh, when the whole thing stalled out and eventually Sam Raimi was like, okay, you don't want to make a fourth movie with me, do you? Okay, just buy me out of my contract and go reboot your series. And that's how we got Amazing Spider-Man. The quick and short version of it. But there was a fourth Spider-Man movie in the Sam Raimi-verse being made. There's your first plot line. Uh, It was supposed to bring in the Vulture and Black Cat casting rumors and take these with a giant grain of salt because these are casting rumors from like 20 years ago um john malkovich as vulture and black and hathaway as black cat that would be awesome um so many questions uh left unanswered at the end of spider-man 3 about this status quo for peter going forward um you could bring in all kinds of cool villains we never got to see uh a proper version of venom scorpion uh craven's last hunt and you could again cast popular actors from this time period in that so imagine like stallone as craven um just spitballing ideas you could bring in a hobgoblin character and and with the history of, of Harry and Norman, have Peter think it's it's maybe maybe Harry's still alive and you could play all kinds of stuff like with the clone saga kind of thing with that. Um, Gwen Stacy and Captain Stacy are briefly introduced in Spider-Man 3 and don't really do much, but you could play with them as characters. Uh, so much cool stuff you could do with this universe. I, I would have I would love to go visit uh, a world where we got like eight of these movies made. Um that's my big pitch. Spider-Man 03. The Raimi-verse. I don't hate it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. High praise. High praise. I'll <laughs> take it. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of that. Not, not necessarily that, but there's like so many Spider-Man things that are out and about. But I get what you're saying. Like that specific well, one moving forward. It did also lead me down another rabbit hole of sorts when I was thinking of like what villains would have been really cool to see in this series. Um, and that led me to a villain who's getting, he's got his own movie, but it isn't out yet, um, which is Michael Morbius, the living vampire. Hmm. Um, and if you're gonna bring in Morbius to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man verse, uh, Tobey Maguire Spidey is gonna need some help hunting down that vampire. If we're living in a world where uh, uh, rights don't mean anything, uh, who better to help him out than maybe I don't know, Wesley Snipes Blade? That'd be interesting. Blade '98, my third choice. There we go. Bam. <laughs> forget trinity please please forget blade trinity just give me a proper blade three in comic book form 
that's the entire TED talk for that uh, whole, whole rabbit hole. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Okay. Now I'm done. Uh, but if they're going to do that, then maybe you bring in, I don't know, someone who has some firepower. Maybe you bring in, I don't know, Thomas Jane Punisher. Punisher. Oh, wait. Bam. Sorry. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm not joking, but I am joking. But I want to see that now. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> but no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Scott? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to follow that. Because that was like, that was literally just, just jumping straight down the well there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that was my first list <laughs> in, in, in summation. It was basically turning into, I want every Marvel property not paid by Marvel Studios as a comic. And I was like, yeah, this is getting boring, John. <clears throat> so tried to, tried to diversify a little bit. Well, so one of the things, you know, I, I don't know. When when we first broached this topic of, of things we'd like to see continued as comics, I, I don't know why, but I, I really, with the exception, I guess, of the Rocketeer, at one point, like, I didn't think anything about comic movies or anything i i went completely opposite that's good because i went fully down that rabbit hole <laughs> and uh uh this one was very much in my mind and and because uh, i've been been doing a, a a watch through here recently um when i can um but i would really really like to see it it's in the same vein as batman 66 okay because uh, i would like to see don adams's get smart brought back as a comic mm. that I would love to see uh, because every iteration of get smart after the, the, the original series ended um, has been not good. Um, they've not, they've not done well. Um, some worse than others <laughs> on a scale of Steve Carell to Andy Dick. How bad was this get smart revival? <laughs> It's very true with Steve Carell being at the top, Andy Dick being way, way down at the bottom. Steve Carell firmly in the missed it by that much category, and Andy Dick being the let's just not talk about that. Yeah, just just, just, let's just not. Um, So yeah, with firmly with you know the Don Adams and the the uh, Barbara Feldon and uh, um, I keep wanting to say Oliver Platt, but that's not his name. It's not Oliver Platt. It's. Shit, I can't remember the, the chief's name. Right, Oliver now. Stone. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But a very different show. <laughs> um, this week on Get Smart, Agent Ninety Nine and Max investigate who was the second gunman on the grassy knoll. Oh, that's so bad. So bad. Edward Platt. Edward Platt. Sorry. There you go. Not uh, Oliver Stone. There oh. being all them, uh, I, I would like to. And now I will say, I'll preface this by I remember watching this, the, uh, the, the, the Steve Carell movie, and I remember not liking it, um, but I've only seen it once. It's been a long time ago, so I may have to give it another shot just to see. But the thing that always gets me is everybody around you know, in, in all the reboots and stuff, uh, everybody around Max always, you know, treats him like he's a joke, you know, 
And in the original series, they didn't. They treated him like an agent. Yeah, he was bumbling and everything like that, but everyone just kind of, everyone ignored it and completely treated him always like he was a competent agent. Uh, now, you know, uh, the chief, yeah, rolled his eyes and stuff a lot and got mad when he did mess up, but he, he never treated him like a joke. You know, like something less than an actual agent. And that that's the problem. Like, Steve Carell's performance as Max was good, but it's the way the supporting cast, that the, the chemistry is never there and stuff. And, and I think you could actually do uh, a, a decent comic continuation and continue to to see Max doing well what Max does. So, I mean, yeah, and you got to get somebody who can who can pull off those those uh, those old spy genre <laughs> jokes and stuff. Is it written by Mel Brooks? Hey, if we could get Mel Brooks to write, uh, yeah, in, in a heartbeat. Okay. I mean, who, yeah. if you can convince him to write for a comic, sure, go for it. Who owns the rights to get smart? That I do not know. Okay. Uh, I have not been able to find out. Well, then fuck it. I want an issue where Max is at some kind of like spy convention and we meet like Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the 60s. And uh, uh... see him in the background, right? Yeah. James yeah. Bond. Well, no. Out front is Lazenby with a sign that says uh, "We'll we'll hench for food," uh, or uh, yeah, just, I want like every uh, um, uh, uh, in like Flint is hanging out somewhere, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of all the crappy Bond ripoffs. Uh, the Avengers, not those Avengers, the British Avengers uh, are there. Um, uh, See, Maxwell, that's... not Maxwell, uh, uh, John Steed, and, that's... Uh, and uh, appeal. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's another one that would make make a good good comic continuer. I would love to see the Avengers as a comic. The Avengers. The other ones is the full title of that for the for American audiences. Uh, now we tried that in the uh, early aughts. It did not work. Oh, did they? Yeah, we even had Sean Connery in it. No, 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 not the movie. An actual uh, okay. comic. Con- yeah. Yeah, that that God, that that movie, that Avengers movie. I don't know what the hell was going on with that. Sean Connery is a villain with a weird weather thing, which actually did what it was supposed to do with the weather. Instead of having some weird twist that was indicative of the entire format of the original show, um, and um, great casting with John Steed and Emma Peel, except they tried to do this weird body double thing with Emma Peel where she plays two characters and one's not Emma Peel and I I just don't understand it. Yep. I, I don't I don't get it. I mean I've gone cross-eyed. Oh there you go. The... Austin Powers is in there somewhere. <laughs> Pre-frozen Austin Powers. Frozen Austin Powers. I I would like to see Austin Powers and James Bond in the background having a discussion on how to pick up women. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like somewhere we need like the 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 Bond panel where we have all the Bonds or something. Oh yeah. There's uh, a <laughs> the entire Mission Impossible TV show crew is there. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy and uh, what's his name? White haired guy. His name I can't think of. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-oh. Scott, I support anything that gets me more uh, Maxwell smart. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, the character's great. It's just, I don't know, nothing has been able to duplicate the 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 chemistry of that original cast. You know, it just doesn't work. No. You're not wrong. Your logic is solid, sir. Let's just clone the original cast. How about that? Can we do that? Sure. Oh, was that an option? Oh, wow. Okay, I got to rethink the whole list now. Clone <laughs> the original cast. Clone stuff. Oh, okay. So we're playing by uh, Rise of Skywalker rules. Got it. And, Everyone's a clone. And just uh, just bring them back just to do that show, though. We're not going to give them like real life. <laughs> It'll be like a uh, be like a a weird uh, a weird uh, the Truman it's, Show kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the island meets the Truman Show. Got it. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> okay, yes. Bloomhouse, call us. We have an idea for you. And don't tell me it's too crazy because you assholes made that. Uh, um, um, what's the the island show? The plane, boss. The plane. What was that oh, show? Okay. You made a fantasy island horror movie. Don't tell us our pitch is too out there. <laughs> yeah, you know you did that. Feel bad about it. Uh, Jay, we're back to you. I think. Okay. Um. So really, this is my. This is my last one. Okay. Uh, so why not, why not continue a film that already has its rights owned by a comic book company? Sounds crazy. (laughs) I know, (laughs) I know that they made comics when the movie was popular but I would like to see it picked up and continued because it's one of all one of my favorite, you know, tongue-in-cheek movies of all time. So, John, I just have one question: Would you uh, like to know more? I was waiting for that, Jay. Uh, I, I would always want to know more. So, my last pick is for a Starship Troopers. Uh, Starship Troopers comic book continuation. Yes. Ignore the sequels. Just give us the proper Starship Troopers 2. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm sold. I want to see I want to see what Johnny Rico and the gang's up to. Um I want to see what Captain Carmen has been up to. Uh and these are all like I think you can pull different threads there for stories and not necessarily lump them all together. And maybe kind of like, uh, you know, you've got like your Johnny Rico and the Roughnecks line. And then you have Carmen and the Fleet. What are they doing? Uh, and then you've got, how oh, It's like a band. Carmen and yeah. the Fleet, ladies and gentlemen. Car- Dude. <laughs> Dude. Carmen and the Fleet. And you could have a... Um, I've got uh, a pitch Neil, for you. Neil Patrick Harris. I can't think of who he plays. Carl. 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 And then you have like a big crossover event and then they go their separate ways and you can keep doing that. All right. What's your pitch, John? Okay. Here's, here's the Carl storyline. Okay. This is a, a total internet fan theory that we're going to make canon. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> if you remember the movie, uh, what's part of what sparks the war is there's a, a colony that gets attacked by the bugs, right? Yes. And we're told it's it's made by Mormon extremists, but if you look at it, it looks exactly like the military outpost. Yes. The fan theory is that humans instigated the war by setting up a colony there. 
and that uh, humans, not the bugs, launched the asteroid that hit Buenos Aires and launched the war. Because they needed a war uh, to get, like, the economy moving, and because, like, it's a complete military society and we have no enemy. So how do we function? So Carl, who works in the intelligence branch, finds proof that humans started the war. Ooh. But they know that Carl has proof. So Carl's on the run, and who can he turn to for help? His best buddy, Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico and the Roughnecks. And Carmen Sandiego? They need a ride from in the Carmen world Sandiego. is Captain Carmen Sandiego? They need Carmen Ibanez, because they've got to go on some crazy mission, uh, some random planet in the middle of bug space to find the whatever MacGuffin thing that'll prove everything. Bam! I gotta like it. Carmen and the Fleet, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Their new album drops Tuesday. Uh, no, I just, I, I think, <laughs> and I know, like I said, I know that they made comics back in 97. Like, Dark Horse came out with some comics. They still own the rights to it. Why not and... go back? Give us, like I said, like you said, more stories. I think you could do a big crossover event of following all these other people. Um, there's Give us the sequel we all wanted. Nobody wanted that Starship Troopers 2 sequel. Uh, yeah. And Starship Troopers 3 did not improve things very much. <clears throat> that that franchise went downhill fast. I mean, you know, at the end, they tease bigger and better guns. Well, show us bigger and better. Show us them actually using, like, mech suits. Uh, show them with, you know, new crazy bugs that we haven't seen before. This and is man, it's, it's a comic. You can go crazy. Like, I mean, batshit crazy with this stuff. And Dark Horse is having a rough time. They've, uh, in the span of a few years, they've lost the comic license to Star Wars and Aliens and Predator. So, yeah, they could use a few hits. And like I said, nostalgia. Inject some nostalgia back in. Because, again, people of a certain age, they're going to pick it up and be like, holy shit, there's a Starship Troopers comic? Yes, please. And, I mean, you can... I know a lot of comics out there are not for young readers. This is one that lends itself to, hey, oh, maybe not for young readers. Yes. Uh, let me tell you something, Jay. In my local comic book shop, a plus comics and collectibles on Southland Drive. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there's an option when previews come out uh, when you're signing up for stuff. You can sign up for the first two issues of a series. You know, to put your toe in the water, see if you like it. Oh, or you can just go full out and be like, no, I want the whole series. And Jay, if I'm flipping through the previews and I see super continuity of the first. And sign up for the whole series. Give me all that. Take all my money. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean, like, because you can get gory with that stuff. Like, that's. Yep. And, like, just imagine, like, the first issue of this is Johnny Rico out with the Roughnecks. And I mean, you open it, and panel one is shit is hitting the fan. You put a mature reader uh, tag in the in that hell yeah man, like and I mean like hell yeah, 
shit is hitting the fan and you're like, oh, okay. All right. This is how we're going to start it. I mean, yeah, I, I Starship Troopers all the way. Give me more of that. All that good. All that goody good. Jay, we're going in with the first wave. Means more bugs for us to kill. You smash the entire area. You kill anything with more than two legs. You get me? We get you, sir. I love that. This has part. been Starship Trooper Theater <laughs> with Obi John in the dock. <clears throat> nuke him. <laughs> Levy, Rico, nukes up. All right. <laughs> From Buenos Aires. And I said, kill them all. Yeah. I got Sim. something that must Sim be got the bug. Sorry. <laughs> I got something that might just hurt a little worse. <laughs> Everybody ought to have a friend like me. Yeah. You know, Fleet and MI don't mix, John. Oh, I see. I see. MI does the dying. Fleet just does the flying. Hold on. Fleet's mobilized for a big operation. Let's see what they're up to. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why we're friends. Okay. Uh, Scott, what's that stay on topic button? Oh, you always ask me when I don't have it up. Here we go. Stay on target. That's the one. Uh, yeah. Boy. Uh, uh, look, I've got one more, but I'm not going to top Starship Troopers. So I yield my time to Commander Scott. Um, actually, I was, yeah, that, that was pretty much my my big one was, was get smart uh, and stuff. Uh, I, I did have one more, but I mean, it, it's kind of eclectic. It's It's not mainstream or anything and did basically just be a comic just for me um but it well it it was it's actually a continuation of one of my favorite westerns the Uh, legends the the uh the adventures of briscoe county jr (gasps) oh he he hasn't he hasn't listened to that episode yet no now that you say it (laughs) didn't think about briscoe briscoe would make a great comic continuity uh, but if you would, if you were to do Briscoe, see now I'm off on the Briscoe tangent. If you were to no, do, I, I, I did pitch a continuation of that. Uh, was it two weeks ago uh, when you missed Scott? I, I did pitch that just for you. Well, you would have to do. You'd have to bring the orb back because in the show, the, the the show killed itself the minute they quote unquote resolved the the orb storyline. You know, or the orb was gone, Bly was gone, and they they tried to do other stories, and it's just it's not they're not as good so you'd have to bring the orb and bly back and yeah Uh uh-huh well i'm just saying i'm not disagreeing with you yeah um (laughs) what what's wrong why is doc laughing I'm just thinking about the hole that we just went down by me bringing up Briscoe oh, County yeah. Jr. <laughs> I didn't even think about Briscoe County Jr. It, it didn't. It should have. Uh, it really should have. Uh, and you know, w- I mean, we're never going to get any more, any actual more Briscoe County because you know, um, uh, uh, what's his name, he, Bruce Campbell, of course, is is a lot older and 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 he really wouldn't wouldn't do it. Um, and of course, uh, the the actor that played. Uh, uh, Lord Bowler has passed away. 
uh, and such. And I, I really wouldn't want to see it without Lord Bowler there too. So a comic book form makes sense because you can bring all those back. So comment the one comment the Wonder Horse. The horse mm-hmm. doesn't know he's a horse. Of course, of course. That's Mister Red. <clears throat> oh, okay. But no, the one I was thinking of, uh, once again, my favorite Western of all time, um, uh, or what in, in my top top five, definitely in my top ten, um, it, it is a, a movie that very few people have heard of and, and actually watch. It's called My Name is Nobody. Oh, yeah, that comes out in theaters uh, next month with uh, Bob Odenkirk, yeah. From the guys who made uh, uh, John Wick, yeah. Huh? It's a joke that I'm guessing you guys haven't seen the trailer for. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Stay on target. Uh, 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 uh. Stay on target. Yep, yep. I'll see myself out. So, uh, I'm assuming you all have never seen this movie. No. Correct. Have you heard of an actor named Terrence Hill? Yes. Okay. No. so Terrence Hill kind of made a name for himself doing doing spaghetti westerns with with uh, uh, with different people, but also with Sergio Sergio Leone. Is that how you pronounce his name? Sergio Leone. Yeah. yeah. Um, specifically, his, his big movies that he did uh, was My Name Is Trinity. Uh, Trinity is still my name, and I forget what the third one was. It was a trilogy, and they're really good. But they they made a lot of use of. Uh, you know, just like most spaghetti westerns did, of of, of speeding up film to to do quick draws and stuff. You get a little bit of film speed up there, right? So he did a movie with Sergio Leone. Uh, um, Terrence Hills is is the main character because literally his his character is nobody in the film, um, and uh, um, he plays opposite Henry Fonda, and it's actually Henry Fonda's last western. Um, so Henry Fonda, uh, plays this, uh, uh, older gunslinger who is very famous, uh, and he's looking to retire. Uh, and, uh, so he's basically on his way to a, um, a, a boat that is going to, to is sailing to Europe. Cause that's how he's going to retire. He's going to leave America and just go across the sea to Europe uh and and fade away amongst the masses you know because he's not very no i guess he's not well known in europe and uh leave behind the gunslinger life and along the way he's got some unfinished business though that he has to take care of uh and he he continuously gets followed by terence hill's character who is a fan and he loves this guy okay but you know he says you you can't just retire because the character's name is Jack Beauregard. He said Jack Beauregard can't just retire. Jack Beauregard has to go out in a blaze of glory. And uh, so he basically sets it up so that Jack Beauregard has to face off against the Wild Bunch, which is a, a gang of 150 outlaws. So it's one against 150 is ultimately what he has to set up. And, and I won't spoil it because you really do need to watch the movie. It's a great movie. Because he, he and, and it sets it up so that after he's gone, basically nobody wants to kind of take over for Jack Beauregard as the fastest gun and have the reputation and everything. But the way he goes about it, his character and what, what I love about this movie is he's very nonchalant 
the entire time. Um, he, you know, he, he's a quick draw. He, he's a, he, he, he's an excellent shot. He hits whatever he shoots at. He's, he is the best, but he takes a very lackadaisical and comedic approach to it. And more often than not, the people he goes up against, instead of just pulling his gun out and shooting them, because I don't think he actually kills anybody in the movie. Um, now Jack Beauregard does, he shoots people all over the place. So Henry Fonda kills like a dozen people in the movie or something. Well, not including the face off of the wild bunch, but, um, but he, he humiliates them basically. And he, he takes the fire out of their fight by outsmarting them and outwitting them more than just outgunning him. And I like the character. I like the base. And every time I watch the movie, I, I I'm always thinking, Oh, I would love to know, what's next you know what happens to this character after the jack beauregard story is done there's, there's got to be more story here to tell with this character uh and of course you know this this movie took place so long ago terrence hill now i think is in his either 70s or 80s so you know he, he's not really uh doing that anymore and so we're never going to get a sequel to it obviously uh but yeah I, I would i would love to see and i like western comics when they're done right so i think this would present well as a as a good comic but that's just me. I'm with you, Scott. I don't. I don't know the movie. I know you don't. I'm know with the, you, and I get it. There's there's not much you can contribute because you don't know the movie. But I'm telling you, you need to see the movie. In fact, I will buy you a copy of this movie. I I will accept. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, yeah, uh, John. Well, I, I'll I'll have to bring it over to uh, to Danny's one night. Sounds like a plan. The enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand. <laughs> Put your hand on that wall. <laughs> you want the job? It's yours. See, you quit or I find someone better. So you're dead or I find someone better. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Die. I'm sorry. Right? Oh. Stay on target. <laughs> nope, that ship has sailed. <laughs> the bugs, they sucked his brains out. So what you're saying, Scott, is this is an armored airship, like some kind of a Led Zeppelin? <laughs> you're going to make yeah. me do crickets, aren't you? <laughs> Say what? You're going to make me do crickets, aren't you? Oh, come on, I threw you a Briscoe County Jr. joke. Yes, I know, but it's a sad joke. They're all sad jokes. That's oh. why I love them. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's put this thing to bed. So there's our list of uh, uh, continuities we want to see continued as comics from the A-Team to Jurassic Park uh, to Star Trek. Uh, uh, whatever else we mentioned, it's been a long show. <clears throat> what day is it? Uh, <laughs> to getting wildly off topic, uh, the Rocketeer, uh, Briscoe County Jr., because that's going to be the new thing we talk about all the time. Um, maybe Briscoe had a son, maybe it's Briscoe County Jr., Jr., played by Carl Urban. I don't know, I'm just throwing ideas out there now, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If you're still listening, thank you for sticking with us. 
let us know what you thought of our ideas. Let us know what continuities you want to see continued as a comic book. Uh, is this idea cool to you? Or are you just like, why don't you just make more movies? Shut up. That wasn't the topic. Uh, let us know what you think. Share below. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Guys, thanks for being with me this week. Uh, and as always, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert. Rico's Brock next.